Lord. Help us now to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest all that you have to teach us this morning. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight now and always. Amen. So good morning, everyone. Um, as you already know, my name is Liba Strasnicki. And um, when I was in uh, university studying theology, um, I studied with a, uh, an African gentleman who said that they were so used to having itinerant preachers coming in because they didn't have enough of their own preachers. And they always demanded that those preachers give a little bit of a testimony about what their history in the church was all about. So you'll get two or three minutes of my history. So I'm of um, English and Czech origin. I came to Canada when I was fairly young, and I grew up in a Roman Catholic Anglican household. So one weekend we went to the Catholic Church, and one weekend we went to the Anglican Church until I was about 13 when I decided that I wanted to be confirmed in the Anglican Church. And I can say that I've always known of the Lord, but it wasn't until I took an Alpha course that I actually came to know the Lord as my Savior. For most of my life, I was an accountant, uh, but in 2004, I felt the call to ordained ministry. So I started studying part-time and still working in my accounting business. Um, it was actually in my first course that I took, it was on, on the Bible, that I received a message from the Lord that has, it, it certainly woke, woke me up at that moment, but it has stayed with me my whole life since then. And I was sitting, it was during break time, everybody had gone out to do whatever they had to do, and I was eating my orange. And I was just sitting there and, and I said, you know, Lord, I could really get used to this life. And it was like a backhander came across me. And this voice from the back of the room, I actually had to turn around and make sure that there was nobody there that said, you were here to the glory of my name. And so that phrase has stayed with me. And my prayer today and always is that my presence here this morning will be to the glory of God. So I was ordained in 2011 to the diaconate and in 2012 as a, um, as a priest. And my present situation, I am, as was mentioned, I'm at uh, a small church, smaller than this one, in um, Carlton Place, just outside of Ottawa. I'm the honorary assistant there. But my main job, quote unquote, is as director of a Christian holistic healing ministry called Living Water Healing Streams. And 
you'll hear a little bit about that in a few minutes. So that's enough of me. And I do hope that during fellowship time that I'll get to know a little bit about some or all of you. Um, so on to my message. This morning, my message is twofold. Um, I want us to see both the challenge of Matthew in the story of the sower and the promise of the everlasting covenant that we read about in Isaiah, but also the rich bounty of that beautiful Psalm. We had all three readings today are just beautiful readings. I think many of you may know some of those readings by heart. I just, I just love all three of them. So it was very difficult to kind of keep my, uh, my words um, to a minimum. All three of these readings are very familiar to us. But the problem is that when, whenever we hear a familiar Bible story, it's a challenge to receive it as if it was a fresh word meant for us corporately, but also for each one of us personally. And to really pay attention to the message, not just glossing over it as a story that we know well, and therefore think, do we really need to hear it again? Today's gospel provides us with that very challenge. The parable of the sower found, is found in three of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's also a parable that's used quite often in evangelism for the purpose of encouraging people to read God's word. Every time I receive a letter from the Canadian Bible Society, there, by their name and their address, is the symbol of the farmer holding onto the seeds in his apron and scattering them on the ground. Many um, evangelical organizations use this symbol as well. But despite its familiarity, Matthew's parable of the sower and the seal, the sower and the seed has an extremely important message. This message is so important that in those verses, in amongst those verses that we missed, that we jumped over, he tells his disciples this, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but do not see it, and to hear what you hear, but do not hear it. And in the message version of the Bible, Eugene Peterson uses these words, but you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see. You have God-blessed ears, ears that hear. A lot of people, prophets, humble believers among them, would have given anything to see what you are seeing and to hear what you are hearing, but never 
had the chance. It is true, we are hearing, we are not hearing or seeing these things directly from Jesus, but we do have his word and how blessed we are to have that. In our time, we can think that millions of people, there, that there are millions of people who have never even heard the name of Jesus, let alone heard his message of salvation. They do not know the joy of having in him in their lives. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we truly are blessed to know the sower and to have him in our life. We are reminded also that the sower and the seed are constant. It's always the same sower, Jesus, who sows that same seed, the gospel. It is always the same seed, whether it falls on rocky ground, on the path, or in good soil. Our challenge always is what kind of soil have we prepared in our hearts to receive that seed? I think if we're honest, we have to admit, although we would like to say that the soil of our hearts is always good soil, at any given time, that soil can be rocky, it can be weed infested, or our hearts can be like the path, devoid of even being able to assimilate the seed. Many of Jesus's teachings are very difficult to hear and even more difficult to follow. Lord, how many times do I have to forgive? Really? But I'm so angry about, and I let you fill in the blank. Our life has many challenges that make it equally as difficult to not let the cares of the world overcome our desire to live according to Jesus's teachings. Lord, I want to keep Sabbath and spend time with you, but there are so many things to do, and the children's sports tournaments consume all our weekends, and there's shopping to be done, and, and, every one of us has another and. So it isn't easy to keep the soil of our hearts good, to receive the seed into our daily life, it is a continuous struggle. Keeping the soil of our heart good, in other words, providing fertile ground for the seed of the good news is a daily struggle. It not only involves hearing and following Jesus's message for our own sakes, but we also do it 
as a witness to those around us. I'm sure that we all have family members or friends who don't know the Lord. Sometimes, maybe without us knowing, there may be seekers around us. And you and I may be the only ones who can demonstrate the good news to them. We may be fortunate even to witness effectively to 30 or 60 or 90. But then again, we may be effective to only one. Only one person. But James tells us in chapter 5, verse 20, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. And that difference, that witness, makes all the difference to the world of that one sinner. I have a very short story of a friend of mine who, for the last two years, it was a colleague of hers who um, got Parkinson's disease. He wasn't a believer. Um, my friend is a believer. And she would go and visit him faithfully once a week and read to him from scripture. As he lost his ability to speak, he had a computer that he was able to activate using his eyes. And so they, they would talk about the, the readings. And so faithfully for at least two years, she did this. And faithfully, he said, no, I just can't. Until about a month and a half ago, he, he said, I'd like to hear more about Jesus and salvation. And he died about three weeks ago having the night before his death accepted the Lord into his life. And so we never know. One last point to make on the seed and the sower before moving on to a brief look at Isaiah and the Psalm is the issue of seeing, hearing, and being good soil in our whole being. As I mentioned earlier, it is the soil of our heart that affects how we see and hear the word. It is our heart that can be rocky and hostile to Jesus's word or anxious and dismissive of that word or by God's grace, receptive of the word and earnestly sharing it with those around us. Like so much of Jesus's teaching, the soil issue is a heart issue. And it is the heart that guides our whole being. If our heart is not receptive and at peace with God and his word, our whole being is unwell. And so this leads me 
for a brief moment into a little bit of what the Christian healing ministry that I'm part of, Living Water Healing Streams, is all about. The vision of this ministry is to revive an understanding of what Christian holistic healing is about and how it relates to all of creation, not just humanity, but all that God created. And I think our story of the soils provides a fitting backdrop for this. As we know, God created all things, the skies and the seas, the sun, the moon, and the earth, and everything that he created, he pronounced good. Then from the earth, he created humanity, male and female, in his image. He pronounced them to be very good and directed them to steward all that he had provided for them. God meant that there would be a relationship between himself and humanity and with all creation. All of his creation, whether it's the animals, as we, as we heard in our readings this morning, whether it's the animals or the mountains or the trees, all creation was meant to glorify God. And we see this relationship between humanity and the rest of creation in many places in the Bible. I've just chosen three passages to share with you. The first is from 2 Chronicles 7.14, in which the Lord says to Solomon, if my people who are called by my name will humble, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face, I will turn and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear their voice from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. In his revelation, John writes in chapter 11 that the elders fell on their faces and exclaimed, the time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your saints, and those who reverence your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. And finally, in chapter 22 of that same revelation, as the angel showed John the river of the water of life, John saw on each side of that river, the tree of life, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. So from these few verses, we see that God meant there to be a relationship between all of his good creation, which leads to the health and the wholeness of every part of it. So we are all one big creation of God. And so our health and our wholeness 
relies on how healthy and holy and whole, not holy and whole, the rest of creation is. As Isaiah writes, the mountains and hills will burst into song. The trees of the field will clap their hands and earth will yield seed for the sower and bread for the eater. In conclusion, I do think that we, as predominantly city dwellers, lose some of our understanding of the importance of the image of the soils that Jesus uses in this parable. Nevertheless, his message is crystal clear. He wants us always to keep the, heart, the soil of our hearts nourished and the desires of our hearts fixed on his higher ways and forsake our own wicked ways. And for those who do, God promised through Isaiah that we would be part of his everlasting covenant. And now let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your invitation to come and drink from your water and to join in your banquet. May we always remember that this water is free for us, but that it cost you dearly. Thank you for calling us individually by name and giving us ears to hear and hearts to listen. May we never cease to listen and may our hearts be only good soil for the seed of your holy word. Amen.